On this episode of PL and PJs, it's the World Cup Squad Show. Welcome back to the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. That dress code being jammies, but Brent, today we're talking about something a little different. Not jammies. Not jammies, which we usually talk about. It's actually like Premier League's like 10% of the topics. The rest is like what we're wearing, how we like to sleep in them, uh-huh. and materials, you know. Yeah, yeah, like cotton or uh, leather. leather. <laughs> your leather pants. My leather shorts. my leather pajama bottoms. Yeah, that's just a little something special for the holiday season. But we have a special of our own for this episode, Jake. Nice. I was hoping you're going to roll with yeah, that. Yeah, I got it. And uh, that special being the World Cup roster reveals. Um, I believe U.S. was... Wednesday? Yeah, it was, well, for us, yesterday. Yesterday. Um, This will come out on a Friday. We're day late. We're busy people. Sure, England was Thursday or today, if you're present Jake and Brent. Well, if you're not living in a parallel universe, then... It would be Thursday, but who knows? In the you know vast multiverse of possibilities, it could be like a Tuesday. This would probably be the first podcast someone would listen to in a different. I think universe. so. It's a multiversal audience. Exactly, is what we're going for. Um, but Brent, we're gonna start things off not talking about our our home country, the U.S. of A., um, but the home country of the league that we talk about, England, Inglaterra. <laughs> oh. Funny London town, yeah, German city, UK <laughs> land. Yes, yes. All land the above. Of accents. Um, actually, you can't say UK because uh, yeah, technically that doesn't count as everything. Yeah, Cup. you know who didn't qualify? Scotland or Northern Ireland. So uh, you know you can't really say UK. It's more of a Wales and England thing. But we're talking about the Brits. We are, and uh, we're looking at some of the surprise omissions, if you will. Um, we're going to start off with maybe a little touchy subject for Mr. Brent. Um, Callum Wilson got the nod ahead of Ivan Tony of your beloved bees. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, Brent, are you it's, crying? It's just something I'm really emotional about right now. Um, I'm really happy for Callum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, you sound really happy yeah, for him. No, I uh, I was a little bit surprised to see Tony not involved. I know that he was called up in the last cycle for England but didn't see the field so you can't be I guess that surprised but more knowing England in a big tournament to give away a sure thing from the penalty spot I mean they can't afford that kind of mistake going down the line and frankly with Callum Wilson's injury record there's not even a guarantee he's going to be fit he might get hurt in training yeah Brent um I think this might be slightly a moot point because Moo point, Moo like point. a cow. Yes, um, because Harry Kane obviously will start every single game. Uh, this might be, um, you know, just for the last like 15, 20 minutes of matches. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, th- I think Tony has been in consistent form all season. But if you look at, uh, do you hear that? Yeah, no, I heard that. I hope the, I hope the audience did. Up um, 
But uh, Callum Wilson uh, of recent had really been on fire. And uh, I guess it's kind of that measurement of in-form recently and like a long-term form. Sure. Which I'd argue that Tony has been in better long-term form. Right, but isn't quite as hot right now. Sure. Um, and I think maybe if you need that spark off the bench, you need someone that's hot right now. And I think that might be Southgate's thinking. Callum Wilson. So hot, so hot right, right now. now. <laughs> not, you know, not unlike Hansel. Well, you know who's not hot right now, Jake? Callum Phillips. <laughs> he, in fact, is ice cold. because he, He's probably just freezing on the bench from not playing. Yeah, I forget what the exact number was, but it was like 56 minutes played or something. Yeah, or... and not good ones either. It's not like he goes in and is fitting seamlessly into the city team. No, I actually forgot he existed for a time there. Um, I think I might have mentioned that in a recent pod. But yeah, uh, what we thought was a interesting move in the summer from Leeds um, has turned out pretty much just like Jack Grealish's move um, yeah. two summers previous. previous. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't like having someone that's not playing on the squad for England. I don't think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't really get it, especially when you consider James Ward-Prowse and well, he doesn't need to be a star. I realize that they're two different types of players, but they're they're both ball players from deep lying positions, and they're both pretty industrious. I know that Calvin Phillips is known for defensive qualities as well, but it's not like James Ward Prowse is struggling to defend, but he adds a goal threat as well. So I was surprised to see that one. I was also surprised to see James Madison over Jared Bowen. Yeah, I think it surprised people purely because I don't think Madison's made an appearance for the England squad since 2019. Is that I think possible? I saw that today, yeah. Um, which I don't think it's any fault of his own, to be fair. He has, um, I want to say, like 27 goal involvements in 2022, which is... Oh, yeah, he's right up there at the top. Yeah, I believe Harry Kane is the only Englishman with more. Um, so I, I think he definitely deserves to be there. Uh, Jared Bowen, two goals, zero assists in 14 appearances so far this Not season. Not great. Um, so I understand that, you know, if you look at the stats, I think it was just a surprise because he hadn't been in the team for so long. Right. No, I think it, it, it's a pick that made sense. It's just I wasn't expecting it necessarily. Maybe maybe we're out of the know. Maybe in England people were very aware that James Madison was going to be picked. I just – I was surprised was all. I feel like Twitter was surprised as well. Yeah, and, you and know, that's what I judge that's, everything. That's universal. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we should have asked our TikTok fans. Is it multiversal, by the way? or is It, just... it is multiversal, okay, actually. Anyway, we I should just ask checked. Our, we, our should, t- we should ask our TikTok fans. Because those are the Brits that we should be uh, asking, those uh, teenagers. But they're only like 12 years old. <laughs> but they know ball, but and they we don't. But they know ball. And because we don't know ball, Jake, we're going to make some bold predictions. Are we? With zero fact behind it. Just our terrible guesses. Before my bold prediction, Brent. Sure. Um, I'm just going to throw something out there. I just was looking at this piece of paper, our outline, and it kind of came to me. I think... The second that Madison was picked over Bowen, I think that's when Phillips got the nod over James Ward-Prowse because then Madison has that free kick ability. That's fair. Um, and kind of fills that niche that James Ward-Prowse might have been able to fill um, if Madison was not in the squad. Uh, but 
moving on. I almost spilled my whiskey. Jeez. <laughs> moving on to I'm our tragedy. <laughs> our bold predictions. Um, I've got one. If you if you're not ready to go, no, go for it. Who do you think is the player that will disappoint for England in this World Cup team? Brent. It's gonna be Phil Foden. Wow, but yeah. what about all the slits in his eyebrows? I don't know. He looks dope. Yeah, <laughs> don't that's... get me wrong. <laughs> that guy knows style and fashion, but I don't think it's gonna, you know, help him play better in the World Cup. I think the likes of uh, Bukayo Saka and Marcus Rashford will do better um, on the flanks um, surrounding Harry Kane in the middle. All right, I I don't hate that pick. Mine is. Maybe not a disappointment because I don't think anybody expects him to perform well. I'm going to go with Harry Maguire, though. Harry Maguire! I think he is going to have a terrible World Cup. I know that he usually plays well with England, but when I look at their group and who they have to play down the line if they make it out of their group, I mean, he's up against some pacey forwards. I think he'll have his best game against Iran going against Taremi. Sure. I think he'll get exposed by, honestly, Christian Pulisic, just for pace, if all else, and by Gareth Bale. And then you go past that, and if they finish, for instance, second in the group, yeah. they're playing Senegal, I think, is the next team, which I know Sadio Mane is now out, so that threat is gone. I think it might be the Netherlands. I think we play Group A. We do, but I'm saying if, like, Senegal... Well, oh, yeah, I guess Senegal I would, have to finish would have first. finish so, first. So, yeah, yeah, Netherlands then, perfect. Even I mean, even more so, that's... Steve Bergwine. I mean, anybody with pace, really. And then they it would be France Absolutely, after that, yeah. presumably. I think he's in for a horror show at the World Cup. But on the flip side, Jake, I have Bakayo Saka okay. as the breakout star for England at the World Cup. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree. I think he's going to have a, a great uh, World Cup. And he you know might have a shout for the young player of the tournament, which I believe uh, Renato Sanchez... Uh, Renato Sanch, however Sanche. you say those Portuguese Renate names. Sanche. Yeah. Um, who actually did not make the uh, Yeah, he didn't make the Portugal squad. For Portugal. Um, but Brent, I'm going to give a shout to two people. Oh, is that allowed? I'm going to go Jude Bellingham. Okay. Hey, Jude. think he also might have a chance of winning that young player of the tournament. Yeah. If Southgate plays him, that's a big That is true. Consideration. Also, um, this all has to do with how far England goes. Sure. Um, but I think someone who's coming back into form, has been out of form for a couple years, back in the squad, scored today, Marcus Rashford. Yeah, that's, I was thinking, I'm very scared that he's getting into form right before playing the U.S. Yeah, um, I think he scores against the U.S. I think uh, there's a prop for leading scorer on England oh. in the tournament. He's at plus 1,100. I'd take that. I, I think those are pretty good odds. Um, I think Foden and Kane are the only two ahead of him. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's getting into good form. And I think with Kane getting a lot of the tension in the center, you know, Rashford can drift in from the wing if he gets to the playing time. And I think he'll score a couple goals. And uh, if England go far enough, he could, uh, you know, not win the Golden Boot, but he would, could, you know, top goal scorer for England. Yeah, Jake, I, I think our predictions are great, but there's one team in particular, you're going to be shocked to know who mm-hmm. it is, who I think we should really have some conversation on and and talk about. Ooh, give me a hit. What group are they in? Let's just say that they have a reputation starting in 1776 for being underdogs that outperform. 
And we're mm. talking about whales. <laughs> I'm going to say 1776. It's not <laughs> ring any bells. I was not alive back then. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. No, um, any guesses at all? Yep. I, it could be. That's weird. I didn't tell you a group. Or well, you said kinda... whales. So I was just Yeah, I was just name. throwing somebody out. Yeah, that's really weird. All right, it's the USA, and oh. uh, we're going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, that's not who I w- I have nothing prepared to talk about the United States. Oh, you were talking about uh, South Korea. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, masked. Son. <laughs> yeah, Batman's coming to the stage. Um, but. but Brent, our home nation, the nation of 80% of our listeners, shout out to maybe, maybe <laughs> one, one German listener, um, if we're the lucky. The occasional German listener. Um. But yeah, the roster was released on Wednesday, and let's just say there were a, a couple of surprises, and not happy surprises. Yeah, I'm just going to list uh, the ones that I was not happy about. Shaq Moore being called up was a surprise. Um, and I'll also add to the list Christian Roldan, who wasn't much of a surprise, but I'm still unhappy about. <laughs> and then Jordan Morris beating out Paul Ariola, who... I actually don't hate when he plays for the United States. I know he does some dumb things, but Greg Berhalter loves him. I'm not upset with the attitude he brings to the team. But yeah, Jordan Morris added to the squad. But there were two pleasant surprises, Jake. Yeah. Um, Former Spurs man. You gotta love it. Cameron Carter-Vickers could be paired back there on the right side of the defense with uh, another ex-Spurs player, DeAndre Yedlin. Sure. Probably Um, not, but yeah. (laughs) Probably not. And another London club guy, uh, Tim Ream. Oh, you're talking about the ex-Bolton Wanderers player. That's exactly, that's exactly that's what I was yeah, thinking of. Yeah, that's where most people know him from. Did you see the quote that came out about Tim Ream today um, that Greg Berhalter said that I guess Pep Guardiola no. pulled him across in the tunnel uh, at the end of the Spurs-Fulham game and said, it's a shame you're not 24 instead of 34 because you'd be playing for me. And he said, that is a shame because I'm 20, or cause I'm 35. <laughs> Rather than 34. Yikes. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I guess Pep is an admirer, so he must be great. City Fulham game, I'm sure you were talking about. What did I say? Spurs. Oh, I'm sorry. I was yes, just talking City. about Spurs. Yeah. That's my bad. No, City. I, I, I got in your head. No, Pep Guardiola was at the You're Spurs kidding. Fulham game. Yeah. <laughs> he's just scouting every single game. Just just for uh, Just for, I mean, giggles. that's what, well, he's getting ready to coach the United true. States next year. True, true, true. So, so he's scouting everybody. We will live in that pipe dream for now. Um, but Brent, looking between the sticks, another shock in Zach's death and not making it. Yeah, I I honestly felt like it was a little disrespectful to not include Zach Steffen. I speculated with our friend Matt, um, maybe because he's been the starter for so long, he's got a bit of a bad attitude in the locker room when he's not selected sure. as the number one, and Matt Turner is currently the number one. So that's really the only reason I could think of. But yeah, the GOAT Ethan Horvath and Sean... Johnson also included. Yeah, uh, 33-year-old Sean Johnson. I'm going to read off a little bit of stats here. Okay. He's been great for the U.S., by the way. He's never conceded a goal for the U.S. That is very fun. I actually didn't know that he played that much for the U.S. He's got 11 caps and zero goals conceded. That is a great record. Yeah. But Brent, in his past season in the MLS, 34 appearances, 41 goals, 14 clean sheets, but he only kept. He scored forty-one goals. <laughs> no way. He's only had two clean sheets in his last eleven regular season starts to end the MLS season. 
But you look at Zach Steffen, who is 27, only 16 appearances so far this season. Um, it's a young season. Yeah. 19 Playing goals for Middlesbrough. For Middlesbrough and uh, the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19 goals conceded, four clean sheets, um, and four of 11 clean sheets since returning from injury. Um, so, I mean, pretty comparable. Stefan's doing it in a, you know, better league. I don't think that's a big stretch to say. Yeah, a yes and no. Because Yes, better league. But when you think worst about... Worst defenders in front of Exactly. Okay. So, so with the worst defensive line, the goalkeepers in the MLS, I think people give it a bad rap because it's the MLS. But they have to make... so When you see the amount of banger goals that go in from the MLS because people shoot from all angles all the time... And there's a lot more quality than you expect. Yeah. I think a goalkeeper like Sean Johnson faces more shots in a game than a Zach Steffen probably does, and more shot stopping gets called into question. Like I said, I still think it's a bit disrespectful. Um, but uh, but I understand why Matt Turner is the number one, and Ethan Horvath has shown that he can come off the bench and be a great impact, as seen as the game we were at. The uh, the goal or not the Concacaf Nations League final. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 happy with that goalkeeper selection. What I'm not happy with, or rather confused by more, is Haji Wright being selected rather than Pefok or Pepe. Yeah, um, and Brent, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I think Burhalter went with form um, over you know appearances for the United States. And yeah, but Pepe's got five goals in his last eight games in the Eredivisie. He does, and two assists. Um, he, he has been good. He is only 19, will right. be around for the next two, at least, yes. World Cups. Um, and he had six um, goal contributions in his first, in, his, in 10 World Cup qualifying appearances. Yeah. But he didn't have any in the 2022 World Cup qualifying games when it kind of got down to it. And we yeah, were, no, we he cut did it close a little bit. But Haji Wright didn't come in and do much more other than score a penalty. No, that's absolutely correct. But neither did Pefok. Pefok hasn't scored a lot for the U.S. when he's played. Yeah, he had zero goals in World Cup qualifying, yeah. um, and he, our team drew in all all three that he appeared yeah, in. So, um, but if you look at Haji Wright on the domestic level in Turkey, nine goals, one assist in the league so far, four goals in his last four games, and he's getting regular playing time. I know it's not the Bundesliga like Jordan Pifak's Bundesliga or uh, the Eredivisie like uh, yeah. Ricardo Pepe, but Pepe had to go to the Eredivisie because he wasn't really doing too well at Augsburg in the Bundesliga. No, that's fair, and. I guess what I get frustrated in is when I look at somebody like Jesus Ferreira making the team, he was in poor form to end the MLS season. And I feel like Pepe is being punished for spreading his wings and moving to Germany. Whereas Ferreira stayed at FC Dallas, essentially was his replacement. I know they kind of played together while Pepe was there, but he essentially was Pepe's replacement and performed well. Meanwhile, Pepe went to Germany underperformed in the same way that I argue most MLS players do when you look at somebody like Daryl DK as well as another great example where you play a full MLS season and then because it's in the summer the the transfer window move to a European club and you continue to play their full season and that's it's too many games for a player or worse 
In Pepe's case, you moved during the winter transfer window, which means you played the entire season, you got about three weeks of a break, and then went full speed back into a European season. There's no path to success in my mind. And so I I, I think Pepe was punished for, for trying to play in a better league. I don't think Jesus Ferreira for the U.S. has looked great. Um, he, he really has missed a lot of big chances. I don't think he is as good of a hold-up man as somebody like Ricardo Pepe is, or even, and I'm giving a shout here, to Brandon Vasquez is. Oh, yeah. Vasquez wasn't a part of the U.S. camp, so I'm not surprised he didn't get called up. But when I think about players that are comparable, um, I, I'm a bit surprised Pepe didn't go, and I'd, I'd be frustrated if I was Ricardo Pepe, especially when you consider him, Payfock, and Malik Tillman all picked the United States in this cycle, and you have to imagine Greg Berhalter told them in his recruiting process, you have a, you'll be part of our World Cup squad, or at least giving a nod like, oh yeah, you'll have a big chance of making the World Cup squad as part of the pitch, to not include any of the three surprises me. Yeah, and I guess only time will tell whether that will affect our recruiting for dual citizenship sure. um, in the future. But yeah, Brent, I think... Pepe, when he made that decision to go abroad, I think there's a lot of people that thought that it might affect his uh, chances at being in the World Cup squad because they knew that he was either not going to see as much playing time um, in the Bundesliga when he went to Augsburg, or he might not be up to the task and um, it might showcase his weaknesses. But I, I think it was a good move overall for him. I know it doesn't look like it because he's not going to be in the squad, but just an overall career move, I think you have to go to Europe to see what like, kind of level of player you are. And at 19, uh, I think we will see him play in a World Cup um, in his career. Yeah, and I will say, just as yeah. a quick add-on, I think he would have done better for himself if he started by moving to the Eredivisie rather than trying to move to right. the Bundesliga yeah, right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe that's a miss. I mean, you can only take the transfers that are available to you. Sure. But maybe a miss on even Augsburg's part, who were struggling to stay up and needed somebody to come in and be an instant impact to bring in an 18-year-old. 18-year-old American? I, yeah. Uh, not, it's a, not sure I got that. questions outside of it. Yeah. Um, regardless, um, it's Ferreira, um, Haji Wright, and Josh Sargent that are going to be playing up top during the World Cup. I don't have a lot of question marks around Josh, Josh Sargent just because of the form he's in. He has Premier League experience and now is doing well in the championship. Um, I think you have to take him just based off of form. Um, but, you know, that, that comes at the expense of these players that we've mentioned. Um, but, yeah, Jesus Ferreira hasn't shown it for the U.S., has shown it domestically, but there's a, there's a step there. And... Uh, We'll, we'll see if you can levels. take it. There's levels to this. That's... <laughs> there, there's no uh, better place to prove yourself than the World Cup. So Yeah, well, and, and I'm happy that you said that because, Jake, it always feels like there's one breakout star yeah. every single World Cup. And I know in 2014 it was DeAndre Yedlin. Um, he ended up going from the World Cup to moving to Spurs and playing there for a little while, got his big move, got loaned out to Sunderland mm -hmm. and one other club that I can't think of, but he was loaned out to another, oh, Newcastle. He played for Newcastle and Sunderland on loan in like the Premier League. I feel like he was in, like, Bastikas or something. Well, eventually, yeah. but I, when when he was at Tottenham, he got loaned out to Oh, yeah, he was everywhere, in the absolutely. Premier League. Yeah. Um, he's still in this World Cup squad, by the way. But, Jake, who do you think the breakout player from this World Cup 
for the U.S. specifically is going to be. You having trouble getting through a little little burp almost there or something? Yeah, it started to come up. From the man that doesn't burp, actually. From the man who wears pajamas and doesn't burp. That should be. This is my breakout star. Your profile for anything. Everything. Um, Brent, my breakout star. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Yunus Musa. I like that pick. Um, he played today, Thursday, rattled the post with a shot, and just looks pretty confident in that midfield for Valencia. And he's doing it at the La Liga level, and I think he can do it in the World Cup. Um, I hope he gets the playing time that he deserves. And he is my pick for the U.S. breakout star. Yeah, I think it's a popular pick because he is so young and so talented. And his ability to dribble out from the midfield is something that no other U.S. player has uh, and is very important to the break. What I will say is mine is another fullback, and it's Anthony Robinson. Oh. I think that Robinson, while he's been a mainstay in Fulham for a long time, and those fans know about him, Premier League fans kind of know about him, I think on the world stage as part of this United States team, he is the focal point of our attack at the end of the day. His width and his attacking ability and his crossing ability opens up all the play for the U.S. And you saw it in our recent friendlies against Japan. And I can't remember the other team. It was a Middle Eastern team. Um, Saudi Arabia, maybe? It was. Yeah. Um, without him, we looked a much worse attacking side. And I think this is a tournament where he'll finally get some respect on his name. As a 24-year-old, he's not quite that teenage breakout sensation. Mm-hmm. But I think he gets a big move from Fulham after this World Cup, after this season, to to a bigger Premier League side that maybe needs a fullback, somebody like maybe a Newcastle. Absolutely. I, yeah. I definitely see that. Um, Brent, I'm going to go on the other side of things, both talking about the biggest letdown for the U.S. and also talking about the right-sided fullback position. I'm picking Sergio Dest. Wow. I think kind of what you talked about with uh, Robinson, Dest likes to go forward, but he is very vulnerable trying to cover back. And I think we're going to see that. There's a lot of good wingers er, and wide players in our group. I think he's going to be caught out against England and probably against Wales as well. Um, and I think we're gonna we're gonna see some goals conceded from uh, the attacking left side for uh, opposition. All right, Jake, I'm gonna go with a controversial one for any Premier League viewer. Okay, Tyler Adams. You love Tyler Adams. I love Tyler Adams. I think he's a wonderful destroyer. But in Greg Berhalter's system, he is in a single pivot by himself and expected to progress the ball by himself. Whereas at Leeds, he has Mark Roca to play the ball to and progress from there. I think whenever I watch him with the U.S., yes, he is great at disrupting play. I know that Leeds fans love him. The Premier League, frankly, is high on him right now because he's been performing so well for Leeds. But he's not responsible for progressing play at that club. Jesse Marsh does a good job of playing to his strengths. Whereas when he gets to the U.S., I have seen it time and time again where he passes backwards over and over and over again or plays a really poor ball forward that leads to a transition against the U.S. that he has to then sweep up, which is what he's great at. But while I love him as a player, I think without the double pivot, he is really going to struggle in the World Cup against a high-pressing England 
and high-pressing Iranian team. Okay. That I, I think he'll get a little bit exposed. And not that he's going to play poorly, but I think he's going to let the team down more times than he uh, makes up for it with his recovery. Sheesh. Okay. Um, it's a bit of a damning uh, expectation yeah, on him, you know? It's, I hope that doesn't happen. Me too. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, been a, a, he's been a great yeah. leader for the team Absolutely. as well. So I hope that even if that does occur, that he continues to be a leader and kind of, uh, you know, owns any sort of mistakes that he yeah. makes. Um, well, that was kind of a downer. I, yeah, it's a, let's let's liven it back up a little bit. How are we gonna do that? Brent? Oh my god! I'm buzzing. I'm, I got the Brentford bees flowing through me, and I'm gonna ask Jake, who are you most excited to see? Like, like not not the breakout star, just who's a player that you, you see in the lineup? Exactly that you see and you go, all right. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a... my excited voice. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, this is a very tough question. Um, it's a toss-up between Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big Sounders fan, huh? <laughs> Huge. Um, no, let's see. It sounds like you didn't have one ready for this. I, I didn't. I did not. I just glanced down right before you asked me the question. I'm going to go with Brendan Aronson. Um, I could probably say Yunus Musa, but I already talked about him. So I'm going to say Brendan Aronson. Um, I think he just has an engine on him and can float throughout the pitch, can play wide if we need him to, um, and finds the spaces uh, where he needs to be and can create some things. So I'm excited to see him out there. Um, and I want him to come on as a sub one game because I think that burst of energy he can bring, maybe don't start him against Iran, depending on how many points we have. Yeah, we, he was our most prolific player in uh, World Cup qualifying, most goals and assists. There you go. Um, so he probably will start all three, but I think that energy he brings is going to be much needed against teams that might have some better fitness than us. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I'm very excited to see him. Mine is more of a happy story situation in that I am so excited to see Gio Reyna as part of this World Cup squad. After the injury problems that he has faced in the past few years as a young player, I, it just makes me happy to see him as part of the lineup, as part of the team. I don't know that he'll start more than one game. Should he? Arguably, I think we both yeah. believe that we wish that uh, Greg would change his system and maybe play with a false nine, and I would love to see Gio Reyna in that spot. I don't know that it's going to happen. Um, but but it just makes me happy to see him as part of the squad. Again, thinking forward sure. to the next World Cup. This is huge experience for him. Hopefully he stays fit through the next two weeks uh, before our first match. But I, I'm very excited to see him as a part of the squad. But Jake, wait, hold up. Oh, back up. I'm backed up. The World Cup is coming up. But do we still have a few more Premier League matches to cover before that starts? Let me check my wristwatch. Yes, you're we do. You're not wearing a watch. You're wearing a ring. Oh, yeah. You got married. Congratulations, by the way. I did get married. What are the you. odds on you getting married? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> minus 300. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good since you're already married. At some point in my life. Yeah. But, Jake, the reason that I asked that is because that's such a th sure thing that we've listed some other sure things for the listener to bet on. We're going to start you off with a bet that I can personally endorse as a Spurs fan, we have Tottenham to win the second half versus Leeds at minus 115. 
coming off eight consecutive games where they did not score in the first half. They could do all the scoring in the second half, and if uh, Leeds grab one in the first half, then they might be trying to defend that lead, and um, Spurs might just have to grab one to, to hit this bet, but I think they're going to grab two. Here's a fun fact for you, Jay. Yeah. Leeds with the lead yeah. have negative XG. That's not possible. But when they're drawing, they also have negative XG. When they're down by one or two, they have positive XG, which it goes for most teams. But what I'm saying is it works because if leads score in the first half, they mm-hmm. are bound to concede in the second half. You're saying XG compared to the other teams. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I caught on there. Okay. That makes sense. So they are bound to concede. Yeah. They so, do not uh, score more when they have the lead. I'm assuming that Spurs will not score in the first half. Yeah. And then the rest is history. Perfect. Um, regardless if Leeds score in the first half. Well, we've got another bet for you. We do. It's our, our game pick. Yeah, we have our game pick where we have Brighton, Aston Villa, a resurgent Aston Villa, both teams to score at minus 125. Um, I can only speak on Aston Villa. Yeah. Uh, last two matches, both against Manchester United, scored six goals. So, yeah. uh, hey, Jake, what's funnier than 124? 125. 125. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we have another bet. Yes, yeah, SpongeBob references out of the way. We're going to go to our player bet. And this is Dom Solanke to score against Everton, um, which I believe he just did in the cup match against them in the midweek at plus 230. Yeah, he also scored in the previous match before that against Leeds. There you go. Come hot. 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 He's a hot little potato, and he's ready to score against Everton. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, at home against Everton, who are not looking great. They had a good defense to start the year. It's not looking not anymore. too... They have had a lot of injuries. They have. Um, I feel like the defense is still intact, but still. Conceding more, and we think he takes advantage of it, um, assuming he gets to start alongside Kiefer Moore or instead of Kiefer Moore. Yeah, Jake, and now it's time to walk the plank with our Pirates Code Parlay. <clears throat> we, got a, uh, we got a three-legger here. A three-er. A three-er. Um, I'll start us off with Chelsea-Newcastle, both teams to score. Oh, but we also have both teams to score in Fulham, Manchester United. And then we round things out with Arsenal to win versus Wolves. Which was only like... Minus 150 or yeah, something. Yeah, granted it's a way, but... It is, at the mall. Arsenal, but... first place, in good form. Yeah. We back them. We back Fulham to score at Craven Cottage as well. And I believe Newcastle are at home at St. James Park they as are. well. So so both teams score. You get plus 300. Pretty good, Brent. For us? Think, Jake, picture your farm for a moment. All Close right. your eyes, picture your farm. Yep, I'm seeing the pigs, the crops, everything. Yep. Yep. Now imagine it. Three to four oh times my the size. Goodness. That's what you're getting. That's a big pig. It's a big pig. It's a pig amongst guinea pigs. Nice. That's yeah. a good one. Thanks. Oink. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, there's those there giggles. <laughs> you knew they would make an appearance because it's on the outline. Uh, I love how you wait to make your funniest joke until it's giggle time. You so. think that was my funniest joke? Ever. Ever? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to work on that. I got to. <laughs> I gotta really refine my material. Uh, well, Brent, um, I'm excited about the World Cup. We yeah. uh, will hope our bets hit for the Premier League this weekend, but then that's it. Uh, no more Premier League until end of December or 
beginning of January? Yeah, after Christmas. After I think Bo- Boxing Day is the next one. Yeah, I think so. Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. Uh, <laughs> Happy Christmas. It's Christmas. So we may surprise you with a World Cup special. We may not. We have yet to decide. But if you don't hear from us, from the Premier League podcast, with the coziest dress code. The dress code is Jimmy's. We'll see you never.